What kind of beer are you drinking? I'm drinking 312. Hey. Mm. A staple. A staple. Yeah, actually, you know, one of my, uh, I don't know if it's my favorite or my least favorite things, but if I'm at a Cubs game or a bar or something and someone asks for 312, I, I, I get a kick out of it. Um, <laughs> and I, it, it, it alerts me to the fact that they're not local. Um, but, you know, good, good on, it's good on Goose Island that it's distributed much more widely now than it used to be. It is all over D.C., and I think I've seen it in San Diego as well. Yeah, like, well, ever since, ever since they were bought by InBev, I think yeah. the, the 312 has made it nationwide. Eric, do you, have, do you have audio of your appearance from this weekend? Uh, I have a very rough, so, like, my parents recorded it with, like, a recorder <laughs> up to their speaker. <laughs> So, like, you can make it out if you pay close attention, but they're supposed to be sending it over. I'm sure that's really high on their priority list. Uh, but uh, as of as of yet, no. Their son was on satellite radio. That's important. He said, uh, like, on the, the satellite display, my, my name flashed across the screen. Whoa. So that was a pretty big moment for them. It was all worth it at that moment. Very cool. Did they take a photo of that and send it to you? <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't, but I don't think they did. <laughs> that was the weirdest thing ever. Really? The night before, I just got a Twitter DM from the MLB Radio Network account. Hey, do you want to be on the show at 7 tomorrow and talk about Dozier? I was like, you sure. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote the thing. It was weird. And then... uh. And then we, I didn't know how long we were going to talk. They put like the whole 15 Hold minute up, thing on. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can do it. You sure? Okay. I tried to put a lot of the dishes away, but I didn't realize the dishes of the dishwasher were clean. I'm recording this so you can add this, Brandon. No, seriously. Let me empty it. I'll clean it later. Go. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Dishes. Mm-hmm. I get it. We're dealing with a much smaller kitchen than we're used to. Oh. Yeah. So are you renting for the year? It's causing some tension, man. Yeah, we are. We're renting for the year. So I had to eat some major shit on a column I wrote today. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so in yesterday's Cardinals game, for whatever reason, Matheny didn't use uh, Swung Juan O oh in the ninth inning yesterday, even though it was tied 1-1 and the Brewers had their best hitters coming up. And naturally, they gave up a uh, – Kyle Seegers came in and uh, – Kyle. Kevin Seegers came in and gave up a uh, solo shot to Ryan Braun, and we lose the game 2-1. to one. There's no, no reason given why – Oh, wasn't brought into the game, even though he's easily their best reliever. Um, so I just kind of like went in on Matheny, like, you know, this is a huge blunder. There's absolutely no excuse for not having him, you know, having O red, you know, having O in that situation. Um, it's a no brainer, blah, blah. And then we find out later today that O was unavailable uh, because he uh, had uh, groin soreness. <laughs> 
But Can't no, you just trust Matheny? No, no one knew that. Well, we'll see. So, so this is how I opened the column. And so it kind of let me save a little face, but not really. Because actually, even though it is Matheny, like, it seems so inexcusable that I should have just known. But I just said, the decision to not bring Swung Huan Oh out yesterday to pitch the top of the ninth against the Brewers seems like such a blunder that I'm worried I somehow missed mention of the fact that he's injured or needed or needing of rest, which would render the rest of this post pointless. <laughs> if that's the case, close your browser or leave a deservedly mean comment below and enjoy the rest of your day. Oh, no. But hoping, any... that, but hoping that isn't the case, here's yesterday's sequence of events almost step-by-step step to truly illustrate how perplexing it was to not use O. <laughs> now, to be fair, no one had this info that he was hurt. Until until today, right? Yeah, until later this afternoon, and and that's kind of odd, right? Wouldn't you? Isn't that info you would normally know beforehand, before a game yeah. that such and such pitcher is not available? And if such and such pitcher, if you think he's available, but then he doesn't pitch, and it seems like he should have pitched, don't you usually find out in the post game why he did not pitch? So so Alex, yeah. Are you, are are you saying that you are a Sung Wan O truther here? Where there's Oh, some... oh I see. So Matheny realizes he screwed up and then they agree um... that no, we couldn't use him because you have a groin. You know what I I bet that's how people become truthers rather than just <laughs> up, rather than just owning up to their own uh, failures. They have to adopt a conspiracy theory to um, to save face, I guess. So, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, he's totally fine. He could have pitched. Maybe I'll do that. I'll start a truther move. <laughs> I've, uh, I haven't minded when he's pitched against the Reds this season. He gave up that big home run. Uh, and a couple weeks later, he gave up another lead. Yeah. They've been his kryptonite. Yeah. He's gotten into a couple against the Cubs too. Uh, he's, but I think he's converted those. He's been the um, one of the top three best relievers in the National League this year. He, he's just been fantastic. Which is why it made no sense they didn't bring him in. <laughs> <laughs> the, the truth is out there. The well, almost instantly after. It went up. I read it. I just kind of had this "oh no" feeling. Like, wait a second. Oh no. <laughs> no, there was not a pun intended there. But I just kind of had this feeling, like, you know what? They would have pitched it. There's got to be something more to this that you stupidly didn't explore, and that would have taken five seconds to explore and saved the whole column. <laughs> you hit publish, and now it's on the internet forever. The yeah. car and the Cardinals did not think of you in, in doing this. How no, could they no. not? How could they not consider that? Well, that's funny you say that because you do go through these moments of complete irrational selfishness. In that, like, how dare they not let us know who isn't available to pitch before the game? You know, like as if they owe really owe me that. Now it's interesting. So, Eric, you you actually did get to speak with some reds front office people uh they do consider the bloggers 
They do. I was kind of surprised. So uh, I was trying to find their names. But uh, yeah, so we, Red Reporter and a, another Red site, did a, our first ever joint outing to a Reds game. And uh, a couple of them got a hold of the Reds uh, social media person and their PR person who are surprisingly open with us. And yeah, they put together a event before a game. We got to go into the stadium. They had the the room where they normally do press conferences where we all got to go in and do just a an hour of open Q&A with two of the assistant GMs on the uh, stats side and the player development side. So... Uh, and they were the guy hosting it was very upfront, as you know, as open as we can be with you guys. We want to be. If you have questions you need answered, feel free to contact us. And it was, I mean, you can do that when you're 20 games under 500. So, uh, but it was cool. Yeah, they were fairly open about stuff for an hour. That is quite cool. That's nice of them. I think they're just happy anybody's interested at this point. <laughs> It's like, oh, you guys care? Okay, here's everything. We're very honest about, hey, we read what you guys write. And I think all of us began to take some collective stock of our work over the past season because apparently that's something they're interested in. So, And to their credit, they said, for the most part, we have been fair with them this season. Well, of course you have. Of course. Expect nothing less. Well... From from the fine from the fine folks at Red Report. There have been some Alfredo Simon jokes that I'm sure they weren't thrilled with, but ha, have I ever showed you that tweet that MLB sent out and all the replies underneath it about Alfredo Simon? You have. <laughs> okay. Uh, he actually his season is over as of this week. Okay. okay. And he is he has wrapped up the season with the worst Reds ERA in history. Four. Oh, I need to get the exact stat. He was really bad this season. Well, that's yeah. what was so weird about that acquisition is that I, I would think when you're in a rebuilding mode, you want to do just that, rebuild, but also you want to have a roster filled with guys that fans that aren't going to turn off the fans. Oh, he turned everybody off. Of course he did. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> he would he would turn off every fan, you know, every fan base. I would oh, think. Here's um, the stat: this clinches the all-time worst season ERA in Reds history for a pitcher with at least 50 innings pitched. Simon's season-ending ERA nine point three six. Oh my! How many innings? How many, did he throw? How, how many innings? Uh, it, the the record was for. A minimum of 50 innings pitched this season. He pitched uh, 58.2 innings. Wow. He made 11. That's... He made 11 starts and then four appearances out of the pen. Wow. Now Red, Red's history goes back to like 1870. That's a long history. <laughs> hey, so. uh, Brandon. Yeah. We need to talk about something, guys. Yeah, can, can we talk about my favorite loss of the year? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're kind of we're burying the lead here. Yeah, yeah you're going to need to rearrange this. <laughs> big time. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle Hendricks almost threw a no-hitter tonight. Uh in St. Louis. In St. Louis that got broken up by the uh Who is Jeremy Hazelbaker? Hazelbaker is like the 
he's kind of like the quintessential Cardinal, right? He, he had an amazing first three weeks of the season, and since then has been exactly what you would expect him to be, which is a, a guy who's barely good enough to be an MLB, which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. But He had, like, yeah, a really he, hot April, right? Like, at cr- the start of the season? Ridiculous hot, ridiculously hot April. I, I, I'm not gonna. I guess I can pull it up, but if anyone's actually interested, but I think he had like an OPS like around like 1300 or something um, after his first three or four weeks in baseball, um, and then just really regressed to the point that um, you know even got sent back down to AAA for a little bit. But yeah, let's, uh, Brandon. Do you want to set up the scene? So, so Hendricks is not only uh, throwing a no-hitter heading into the ninth, but he's also in fairly good shape for Maddox because uh, he was at, I believe, 90 pitches heading into the ninth, and he was, he was pretty much cruising. There were a couple of balls in the sixth inning where the Cardinals got some hard contact, but other than that, it was, uh, it was really nothing for them. Uh, other than a couple of walks. And then Hazel Baker leads off the ninth, two-strike count, and and he hits a home run. On, on a no, okay, and, you said it, on an 0-2 count, yeah. yeah and, uh, and there goes the no-hitter. <laughs> there goes the no-hitter and the shutout and the... Uh, and Joe Madden. And, well, and the Maddox. And Joe Madden, okay. Uh, what I... What I what I think I loved more about about the top of the ninth uh, and then the bottom of the ninth was Mike Matheny and and the the intentional walk to bring up to bring Hendricks to bat in <laughs> in the top of the ninth. You're down four, so it's not necessarily strategic in terms of run scoring or run prevention or anything like that like you you are doing this to fatigue the pitcher right like that's that's why you intentionally walk the eighth hitter while the pitcher's throwing a no hitter and the pitcher's on deck right like that is the reason you do it it's like icing the kicker right like it's what you do is is that right i mean i don't know i hope that's what he was doing i hope he was so i Full disclosure, I was actually walking home during, I, I want to say, the eighth inning. Um, so I saw the middle, the beginning and middle chunk of the game and then the very end of the game. But I think someone tweeted in the eighth inning, maybe in True Blood, that uh-huh. Mike Matheny was being quite trollish. Um, so I wasn't quite <laughs> sure what he was referring to. Um, so it may have been that. I'll I'll forgive him a little. It's four nothing. The Cardinals are half a game out of a wild card spot. Few weeks left. It is kind of desperation time right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I've seen. Matheny intentionally walk the bases loaded uh, plenty of times to know he's he's not adverse to doing that. So I think he does that in any other situation. So I think that's a fair play. Okay. Now the bottom of the ninth. The mm-hmm. bottom of the ninth after the home run. What kind of appears to happen is it seems like Joe Madden is standing at the top of the dugout and kind of signaling to his infielders to go and talk to Kyle Hendricks, right? The idea being that maybe he's buying some time 
for the for a reliever to get warmed up so that he can make a pitching change. Uh, and then and then Joe West gets real angry. <laughs> uh, West gets real angry, and he tells Miguel Montero that he can't go to the mound. And then he starts yelling at Joe Madden, and Joe Madden starts yelling at Joe West. And then uh, and then all of a sudden, Joe Madden has been ejected, and a pitching change has been made for him. I don't quite know what to make of this one yet. Madden earned the ejection if you're watching the um i'm not saying well well what joe west did was correct but when you know he obviously went out there to get ejected you could tell by how close he was standing to him and some of the magic words he was using it was very obvious what he was saying from the tv broadcast it it was was very very, it was very obvious although i wonder if if at that point madden was uh thinking something along the lines of well if if they if they're not gonna let me kill time one way to warm up a reliever, then let me kill time another way. Yeah, to it get worked. a reliever warmed up, uh, and then it worked. And also, I'd like to point out only Joe Madden would find something to yell and scream about <laughs> in that situation after his pitcher just pitched a brilliant game. Uh. <laughs> I, oh. I think you're. I think you're right. Um, I feel some tension. It, no, no, some I don't tension think on the pod. No, no I don't think there's. I don't think there's tension at all. Because I, I, I think I'm. I think I'm in agreement here, and I think, I think Joe. Uh, you know, Joe Madden. I'm, I'm. This is like a Marco Rubioism. Joe Madden knows exactly what he's doing, <laughs> like at at all times. So, so like he. He he knows if he's being a little trolly or kind of like a little uh, a little bit like he's he's uh, poking the bear. The I bear would being, say, the bear being Joe West. And, he's kind um, of uh, tell me if you think this is fair. He's kind of seventy five to eighty percent Phil Jackson and the remaining percent Larusa in that he he knows how to work the he knows how to work the umps work the press pretty well. Yeah, sure. I, w- I would agree that he that he knows how to work the press and he develops a very good rapport and he's he's actually very transparent uh, with everything. And uh, I've I've noticed and he's he's, you know, he's willing to explain things, not not unlike the the organization um, as not unlike the organization as a whole. So, uh, you know, I have it's, it's not like this makes me, you know dislike joe madden or anything of course uh oh no no it, it's uh it's mostly i mostly chalk it up to joe west being joe west well i i tweeted and out, madden being and madden being madden. and madden being that i i tweeted out about a minute to two minutes before hazel baker hit that home run that if the cardinals break up the no hitter it would be my super bowl <laughs> <laughs> and i i stand by that not even, not even a, making the wild card game. It was like a great you would night. trade this for. <laughs> but, uh, so but, obviously, I would trade it all for making the wild card game and then beating the Cubs. One, I don't think we're going to make the wild card game, and two, I don't think we'll beat the Cubs. The what was so awful about that no hitter when I thought it was going to happen is it would just been another indignity at the another <laughs> long, you know, another just kick us while we're down from the Cubs. Um, that pretty much started last year in the NLDS. I, 
kick us while we're down sounds a bit dramatic. It's not like we're the Cardinals are really down, but no one would well, look at what's happened in the last year and think like, oh wow, the uh, you know they're both getting good punches in there. No, the Cubs are just dominating us in every facet. You did kind of Jason Hayward on him. <laughs> yeah, that is true. A good a good Hayward moment tonight is that play that he made uh, catching a pop fly foul ball and he's reaching into the crowd and it looks like the person in the first row tries to grab his glove yeah i okay like, so he, i saw the replay of that <laughs> what a jerk was that a cardinal fan? i think so i think so <laughs> it's so i don't know if you've seen this eric but like he, he's reaching into he's reaching into the crowd to grab a fly ball and he kind of he kind of falls over a little bit right because he has to reach yeah. he has to reach a little far in and uh, he's kind of falling into the laps of the people in the front row, and it looks like one of the one of the people tries to like grab the glove off of his hand, and and Javi Baez has to run over and like slap the guy's hands away. Yeah, <laughs> so Eric, can, I'm going to send the, the uh, I'm going to send it to you right now, Eric. Send it to me. Yeah. NL Central podcast watches <laughs> I, watches I, replays. I searched Jason Hayward on Twitter trying to find it, and the first thing that popped up was a Cardinals fan tweeting, Yadier Molina has more home runs than Jason Hayward. Go Cards. <laughs> hey, that's a good tweet. Did, did, you get the, did you get the video? I just sent it to you. Where'd you send it to me? Facebook? Oh, yeah. Facebook. Sorry. Okay. I'll pull it up. So I, I haven't stayed up too much on it. Can the Cubs clinch the division in St. Louis this week? Yes. Oh the Cubs can, my! The Cubs can clinch with a sweep. Oh. Um, so I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little torn. I'm a little torn because I have tickets to the game on Thursday. Um, so if the Cubs win two out of three in St. Louis, then they'll come back to Chicago on Thursday with the magic number of one and a chance to clinch at home against the Brewers, where I'll be there. Uh, but, but there's something beautiful, I think, <laughs> about the three-game sweep against the team in second place, regardless of when it happens in September. You almost, characterizing the Cardinals in second place almost doesn't do justice <laughs> How large of lead the Cubs have in the division? Sure, I mean whether it's one game or seventeen, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I, if I were in your shoes, I would want them to clinch with me in attendance. You know, that, I, I think I think that's where my heart is, but I also, uh, I'm also of the mind that clinching. Sooner is always better. Um, but what's the difference between Wednesday and Thursday, I guess? Especially when you're up 17 games. There's, there's right. No yeah. <laughs> if, yeah, it makes no difference in, in mid-September. So in you said we week, you said we buried the lead by waiting to talk about the um, almost no-hitter. But really the lead should be like how awesome Kyle Hendricks has been this year. Can you explain yeah. Kyle Hendricks to me, Brandon? Kyle... You know, it's not like Kyle Hendricks is is coming completely out of nowhere. 
but he's been he's been varying levels of good for the last for the last two years and was for the first half this year too. It's it's really been in the second half that he has turned it on, you know. He is and, the NLERA leader. He is the NLERA leader, uh, and I believe tonight. It, oh, he, including he tonight, not, it looks like it's at two point oh three. Yeah, it's at two point oh three. Before the home run, he was under two. Good grief! And then the home run, the home run sent it back over two. Uh, one of the one of the things that I think it's going to be interesting to see, and some of the Cubs podcasts have been talking about this, uh, it has to do with Hendricks's Cy Young chances, and it's interesting because Sahadev. Sharma, uh, a friend of Baseball Prospectus and the Effect of the Wild Pod, uh, said that he's of the mind that Hendricks is like a long shot of a long shot, where he'll, unless he gets his ERA under two, he's probably still not going to get more votes than Arietta or Lester. And I don't quite know if I'm on the same page there, just because the NL Cy Young picture is so muddled unless Kershaw like throws two complete games between now and the end of the season. Uh-huh. So, hey, guys, I, so, I mean, I think, I think, I think Hendricks's chances are just as good as anybody else's guys. I have some sort of interesting, uh, breaking news. Oh, Ooh. Okay. Something happened in the Indians white Sox game tonight. That is more, rare than a perfect game okay oh i think i think i know what this is do you know what what that is is. i have no idea eric take a take a guess because i think i know what it is more Um, rare than a perfect game Ah. should i should i have said rarer rarer more rare i have no clue happens happens less often than a perfect game now i will say it this is this is a truly a team effort what one of the teams did <laughs> yeah you know what it is brandon i think i know what it is though okay the, the white Sox scored in every inning yeah and the white Sox scored in every inning and according to uh jason lucart um that's at jason lucart on twitter who he's the inventor of the maddox he runs the indians sb nation website or used to at least he still writes there i think <laughs> The White Sox are only the seventeenth team to ever do that. Huh. It's only ha- only happened seventeen times. Which, frankly, I'm surprised it's happened. It's happened that often. Seems one really hard to score a run every inning, and two really hard to give up a run in every inning. Like one yeah. team has to be really good, and the other team has to just be very bad. Every every Cleveland pitcher gave up a run except for uh, Kyle Crockett, who pitched to one batter, who and he struck him out. What the heck was the final score of this game? Wait, what? Oh my God! Did that? <laughs> so I'm looking at the box score. It was eleven yeah. to four. It was eleven to four. Which? Whoa! Yeah, let, okay. Uh, Eleven runs seems kind of low. Yeah, really. when you Why say scored, scored every inning, I would take the over. I would take the over on eleven and a half. I think if you told me. Oh yeah. Uh, 
a team scored every inning. How many runs did they score? Um, so I, I guess. Would... So I'm Go looking ahead. at I'm, I'm looking at the box score and I and I see Kyle Crockett here. Uh, no innings pitched. He's the only pitcher who didn't give up a run, but he has one strikeout and he pitched to one batter. So I guess he pitched to one batter who reached on a drop third. I guess mm-hmm. anyway. Weird, weird quirk of the box score, but and it has there's nothing also, to do with the White Sox scoring a bunch of runs. There's also kind of an asterisk here in that the White Sox are at home, and they're up 11-4. to four. Wow. And so, right. so, so they didn't play the ninth. They, yeah. did not, they did not play the ninth. Um, but still, I think, that's, I think it counts. I mean, they scored in every inning they had the option of playing. Do... Uh, this is this is weird because it would have to be a very specific circumstance where a run scores on an error or on four, four straight walks or something. Has a has a pitcher ever thrown a, a no hitter in a losing game? Lost yes. no hitter? Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, a guy in 1990. I want to say it was it was a White Sox Yankees game. Come on, White Sox, keep coming back. I'm almost positive. I'm going to find it right now. The only reason I know this so well is because 1991 Fleer had, um, there were several no-hitters that year. In fact, Fernando Valenzuela no-hit the Cardinals. And 1991 Fleer commemorated each no-hitter with a card. And I remember one of them. And not only did they lose, the final score was 4 to nothing. And a no-hitter? Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to... This this is fantastic. How to throw a no hitter and lose by four runs? Yes, it was Andy Hawkins. Um, Yankees pitcher Andy Hawkins threw a no hitter, and they lost. There's actually an article by Grant Brisby about it from um, uh, a little over a year ago, um, and they lost four to nothing, I believe, to the White Sox. Let me make sure this is right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Four nothing to the White Sox. Wikipedia says Major League Baseball does not consider this effort an official no-hitter. I don't think... Because because Hawkins only completed eight innings. But I think that's unfair. I mean, he he pitched every inning. He had the option of pitching, right? (laughs) Right, yes. Okay, I'm going to look at the box score and try and figure out how... So the White Sox scored all these runs in the eighth inning. I'm on the baseball reference page. I'm going to tell you what went down in this eighth inning. Okay, um, let's see here. <laughs> Officer Ron Karkavice, uh flies out to second base. One of my all-time favorite White Sox. Uh, I believe it says S. Fletcher. I think that's Scott Fletcher. Um, in fact, I think that's the same Scott Fletcher that the Bush family named their dog after from when he played for the Rangers. Uh, he then flew out to wow, second. Wow, that's a fun fact. That's a fun fact. So he then flew out to second base. So there's two outs. And then Sammy Sosa comes up. Sammy Sosa of, oh, there's some great names in this inning. Sammy Sosa comes up and reaches on an E5 ground ball. Sosa then steals second base, and Ozzie Guillen draws a walk. All right? Lance Johnson then draws a walk, so the bases are loaded. And Robin Ventura comes up and reaches on an air e7 help me out real quick what's seven is that is that left left field left Left field field. okay so ventura hits a ball to left field that somehow was ruled an air next batter ivan calderon oh and by the way 
how many people scored on that? Three runs scored on on um, on that air to left field. So there must have been some major uh, hijinks going on. And then Ivan Calderon comes up and hits a ball to deep center field, which also resulted in an error. And Ventura comes around to score. Next guy up, I think that's Dan Pasqua, flies out to the shortstop. Inning over. Um, for the Yankees, next is Don Mattingly, Steve Alboni, and Jesse Barfield. They all go down, go down one, two, three, game over, no hitter. Um, I'm curious if any of these fly balls to the outfield were questionable in terms of hits versus errors. But that's something. See- Unless, that, that is really something. Unless I, I was, I'm playing Dexing wrong, it has happened five times. Huh. The most recent being a 2008 game between the Dodgers and Angels. That's right. That's okay. right. The, okay. uh, the Dodgers were no hit. They won the game one to nothing. Uh, it looks like Matt Kemp reached on an air, stole second, got to third on a sack fly, and then scored on an air on the throw off the sack fly. And that was it for the game. Yeah, I figured it would have happened. So, but not so since 2008. Been, but not since 2008. Huh. Uh, before that, it was 92, then 90, and then twice in the 60s, and that's it. Huh. I think that oh, should be fun. a no-hitter. That should count as a no-hitter. Yes. If you can call a game after... Which seems to rarely happen these days anymore. But you can what? You can call a game, call it a call a game a win for one team and a loss for another team after after um, you know the certain number of innings passed. What is it? Five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that can be a complete game and count as a loss or a win, then I certainly think eight innings of no hit ball can be called a no hitter. Yeah, they get a complete game for it, right? I think they would have to. Yeah. 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 You do get a complete game for a for an eight inning loss. I think I could be wrong. Anyway, I don't know. What would you rather have? Would you rather uh, Would you rather be at the Would you rather be at the division clinching game, or would you rather watch your team sweep your rivals? on the road it is pretty tough i think i'd rather be there alex imagine sweeping the cubs and celebrating at wrigley well the first part i don't have to <laughs> too hard because they did sweep the cubs at wrigley earlier this year um they but did yes it, they did did. Not, it did not result in a division championship unfortunately um yeah, that'd be great. That's the uh, we've never done anything like that to the Cubs, so I, that would be cool. Like I said earlier, like it's a no-brainer. Like I'd rather be there, but the more I think about it, um, having that go down in Wrigley would be pretty nice. It's, like it's kind of it's kind of you can't lose either way. It's it's I, a good situation. I guess I'm envisioning, I guess I'm envisioning this scenario where the Cubs, where if the Cubs do sweep. Then on Thursday, there's this big, like, hero's welcome type thing. And then by the fourth inning, Joe Madden has pulled all of his starters. And at that point, it's all 
It's all just, September call-ups. Just one big party in the in the stadium. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the yeah. beer coming. You know. Yeah. You know, I believe when the Cardinals won. I'm sorry, when the Cubs won in 2003, when they won the NL Central, I believe mm. they clinched at home at Wrigley they did. against the they Cardinals. Did. Pirates. Pir- Why did I think it was the Cardinals? It was against the Pirates. It was a doubleheader. Uh, it was the Friday game was rained out. It was rescheduled as a doubleheader for Saturday. Um, I remember this because the there was like controversy over which network was going to show the early game because. Fox has the rights to show the noon games and Fox didn't have the rights to show the Cubs game that day, but it ended up being on Fox anyway. And Chip Carey called it. Um, and then, and then Tom Gorzolani pitched one of the games, which was notable because I was at a Cubs game against pirates earlier this year. And Tom Gorzolani also pitched. And that was one of the trivia fun facts about it. I just remembered why I thought, it was against the Cardinals, and it's because Will Leach's book, Are We Winning?, half of it takes place at a Cardinals-Cubs game in Wrigley, where if the Cubs win the game, they would clinch, and this was 0-3, but I believe the Cardinals uh, back won the game. I think that's what happened. Uh, so then they must have then played Pittsburgh and clinched. I see that. On his podcast today, he was pretty convinced the Cardinals are done. He wrote a column today called The Cardinals Are Done. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, not <laughs> was it the exact title, but it pretty much was. Um, you have that much confidence in the Mets? Well, the Mets have a very easy schedule. From That's here true. On. A lot um, of Braves, a lot of Phillies. It's not so much I have confidence in the Mets. If What I will say is if the Cardinals do make the wild card game, it probably – will mean Bumgarner. the Giants yeah. or the Mets ended up deserving it less than they did. Like, I don't see the Cardinals going on a tear and winning, um, you know, like 12 of their last 17 games or anything like that. They just don't seem to have that in them. Um, I mean, realistically, whoever gets that second wild card has got some combination of Kershaw, Hill, Bumgarner, Cueto coming for that one-game playoff. Yeah, yeah. I well, would not want to face Rich Hill, best pitcher, best pitcher in baseball. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't figure out if Andy McClough was being serious when he said that. It sounded like he yeah. was, right? Yeah, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't tell either, but I think that's the beauty of it. I like his appearances on um, Effectively Wild. And I should say, like, I, I have no use for uh, public cursing. <laughs> I, I like... <laughs> people to be polite and you know respect other people around them but the, i do like it when he goes and spices up the podcast a little bit with his uh <laughs> foul mouth like, I, like, I appreciate it as well he 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 dropped i believe an f-bomb at one point that just totally yeah, went he did. Yeah. totally went unbelieved out um uh yeah it, it was great in fact that was one of my the things i was surprised about when i read um the only rule is that it has to work is how how often Sam curses because that doesn't come through at all in the podcast. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. Do yeah. you remember that 
time in the book when uh, it was like the second time they'd face this batter and they decide to implement the shift. Yeah. And it, I think it works. And I think, I think Sam stands up and, um, oh, so it didn't work the first time. I think the batter may have taunted them, but then they did it again the next time he came up and it works and Sam stands up and yells, mother effing shift, mother effing, <laughs> or something like that. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to refer to that part. <laughs> I don't remember. The book didn't make the move with me because uh, I, you know, why would I bring a book that I've already read? Um, but I swear that happened. <laughs> yeah, Sam. Sam strikes me as the person less likely to swear. Uh, maybe it's his like vague, vaguely referenced church-going background. Uh, I think that that makes me picture him as, as like the less likely candidate of the two. But then again, Ben is generally more reserved. Uh, so, so I guess it 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 could work. With Sam as a person more likely to swear. I was trying to. I had a good Sam Miller with the the day he announced he was leaving for ESPN. Twitter was filled with Sam Miller legends, but I'm having trouble tracking it down. Which, I I mean, I don't know. We don't have to talk about this much, but I'm excited to have a little more national Sam Miller in my life. Oh, I'm definitely excited to have more national Sam Miller in my life. I'm just, I'm sad that I will have to. That it, I'm I'm sad that I might not get as much Sam Miller in my ears every day, or three times a week now. You know, ESPN. I, I think it's interesting because ESPN's so ubiquitous that sometimes you don't even think about who their actual writers are. Um, you know what I mean? Like like you would like a Fangraphs or or Baseball Perspectives. Mm-hmm. But ESPN really employs a lot of my favorite baseball writers. Um, when, when I th- I really like Jason Stark. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know Keith Law can. You know, I, he's not for everybody, but I think he's he's really insightful, and I think he's really intelligent, and I enjoy reading him. And now that they have Sam Miller, um, yeah, I just think they have a almost like I don't know how this is possible, but I think they almost have like an underrated stable of, of, of baseball writers. And and I I think like. I don't know. I think Jason Stark, for how big of a profile he has, does a really, really good job. No, definitely. I, I, I definitely uh, can can get behind that. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that so much of their airspace is taken up by the the TV personalities, right? Like, uh, so I think ESPN baseball, and I kind of associated with like. Uh, only and the you know who are the the people who are calling the games and baseball tonight and stuff like that, right? So it's not always it's not always Stark and Keith Law uh, because if they're if they're writing more than they're on TV, then you know I'm not yeah. Uh, if I'm reading something online, I don't know. I guess I don't always pay attention to the output. <laughs> Yeah. Like a guy can write, like so, not a guy, but any someone can write for any uh, for any website, and I'll kind of be like, okay, sure. I'm reading the writer, I'm not reading the 
the website, which is what why it, I wasn't work, which is why I wasn't worked up about Grantland, I guess. Yeah, because it's not like you're gonna stop reading those guys, or you're just gonna right. be swear. What if, yeah. what if Sam actually Sam Miller goes to ESPN and doesn't write, barely writes at all, but be, instead becomes like a huge picture on like around the horn. Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> Well, it'll get me to watch around the horn. Again. <laughs> that would be an interesting dynamic. Uh, I, uh, that is like, that is kind of like bizarro world Sam Miller, and <laughs> I'm I'm trying to imagine I'm trying to imagine Sam peddling in hot takes. Sam's because, N- NFL hot takes. Yeah, like, actually, I, one of the one of the things. Uh, the other day he was reading from his column about the drop third strike. And, and when he got to, he was, he was talking about an example in basketball and then an example in football. And then when he got to his example in hockey, his lines were like, it's like that play in hockey when hockey players do the hockey with the <laughs> hockey. That's kind of like a drop third strike. And I I would be, not that ESPN covers hockey that well anyway, and not that I really know that ESPN does or doesn't cover hockey well, except that hockey Twitter gets retweeted into my own Twitter timeline when they don't talk about hockey well and the care about my sport people uh, are talking about how ESPN doesn't care about hockey. But, But if Sam were to ever give that hockey take, on around the horn, I would absolutely love it. I would, would totally be in on the joke, and it would be one of my favorite ESPN moments. He, he would get negative points from Statboy. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, it's funny you said, wait, I wanted to get both your opinions on this. Um, you brought up the please like my sport hockey crowd, and for those unfamiliar, that means like hockey fans will often it almost comes off like an inferiority complex. They will like tweet out like these memes like, Oh look, LeBron James, like, you know, has to limp off cause he has a cramp, but yeah, this guy, you know, broke his jaw and is still, you know, you know, is still playing yeah, yeah, every, yeah. every minute. I feel, and it kind of annoys me. I feel like a lot of baseball Twitter turns into that at the start of football season. Like you don't have to tell me how much you like baseball when football starting. Um, you know, l- l- not liking football doesn't make you more of a baseball fan. I'm like baseball and baseball Twitter should be too proud to engage in please like my sport <laughs> tweets. <laughs> you, th- you think you think uh, baseball Twitter is too proud to do anything? <laughs> That's a fair fair point. I. You know, I think I, I think I see some of that, but for for so many years that I've used Twitter, the my baseball team has been irrelevant come football season. Uh, so I I kind of welcome it. Not the last couple years, but before that, like the yeah. period of time between 2010 and 2014, I was like, okay, football's fun when the Cubs aren't. But I, but I, 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 I see a little bit of that in baseball Twitter, I guess, in part because I follow a lot of White Sox fans and they're <laughs> at the point of caring about the Bears right now. 
Eric, are you familiar with this? Oh yeah, yeah. Phenomenon? yeah. Um, not that you would call it a sport, but I kind of see this in the pro wrestling Twitter that I follow, which uh, is kind of a weird thing to like my sport about. But um, no, I think I found the more I've written about baseball the more i like baseball player has a blister has to leave the game wrestler gets hit in the head with a chair john cena <laughs> wouldn't leave the game um not even with a that. hot blister no they wrestle through that brandon um no i think i've enjoyed having sports i just kind of watch casually now and so watching the monday night football game tonight i don't have to tweet about it i don't have to think about it I'm not worried about writing about it. I just watch this. And so I've yeah. come I've come to an age where I'm just very, hey, like what you're going to like. I'm going to like what I'm going to like. Yeah, I What's need a it? more benign approach to things. <laughs> I think. Uh, I, the, the key is don't worry about what someone else is saying on Twitter, I think. Um, and uh, And you'll be just fine. I often wonder how many people I follow on Twitter I would like in person. Because hmm. I feel like I that, this, that number shrinks yeah. daily. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like this is probably true. Twitter is very weird because I don't... I, I have no idea what, I'm, what I come across as Twitter. I, I think sometimes I can come across as bad on Twitter, uh, like if my team is not doing well or... or or if I'm being petty about something. But I, I think Twitter, because of the way it's designed, like the 140 characters, like I, I think you're very often not getting a true snapshot of what that person is like. The, the true sample is their feed as a whole. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to a single tweet. Their collective Twitter presence. Right. Brandon, speaking <laughs> you of watch, your... You watch, you, watch what at, you watch what at bat and... It's not. It's not representative of a player. You read one tweet, and it's not representative yeah. of a Twitter yeah. user. But, but if you go back and you read all ten thousand, then you might get somewhere close to the truth. It, it takes fifty racist tweets for that to stabilize. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think racism. I think racism stabilizes in about after one tweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you're probably right. <laughs> What one tweet, bad, bad example? <laughs> one racist tweet I can write off as an accident. Two, I'm like, eh. Three, you're, you're. <laughs> that's the line. The, not to. I mean, you guys can keep going on this if you want, but uh. No, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I, I will say that was one of the weird things when we did the meetup for readers of the website. To have people standing in front of you who care about baseball as much as you do, which does not often happen in my everyday life, was a really weird experience. Are you talking about the Red Reporter? Yeah. So we okay. had, it wasn't just the writers, but like if you read the site wanted to come, you could come and yeah, it was a yeah. party thing. And just to have people like sitting at dinner with people who were tracking with you and the way you thought about it uh, was a very odd experience. Along uh, compared to most baseball conversations I have with real people in my life, but I imagine I'm 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 actually looking well, and you'll you'll be in town for this, Eric. I will. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to the to Chicago pitch talks next next week. Wow! It's oh next my week gosh! Jeez. 
Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. Um, and uh, I think uh, Eric, it'll be it'll be great to see you again. But also it'll be it it'll be kind of interesting to see the crowd. Um, I think. What's the uh, what's know, the I, for this? It's at the Metro. Um, so really, which is yeah, which is this uh, cool. which is this kind of kind of legendary-ish rock club um, right down the street from Wrigley Field. It's a great place. Oh, it's a great, yeah, it's an yeah. absolutely great venue. Great great venue for a rock show, absolutely. Alex, what's the best show you've ever seen at the Metro? Best show I've ever seen at the Metro, I think we've talked about this before, oh, but uh, Hold Steady on It was uh, the Hold Halloween. Steady Halloween show. Um, but man, I've seen so many... So many shows at the Metro, um, Flaming Lips and Hum, a lot way back. Um, Holy crap, man! Yeah, that that was way back in the day. Um, I want to say that was, was that like, like 1999. Like, I want to say. Oh, that was like Soft Bulletin. Yeah, it was Soft Bulletin. You remember Hum, right? That really good downstate oh, band. I, um, I love Hum. Yeah, hum yeah, was great. Uh, that was one of my favorite shows at the Metro. Um, I saw Spoon there one time on New Year's Eve and I'm not, I, oh, right. I like Spoon. I'm not like a, uh, some people just absolutely love Spoon and I, I really, really like Spoon. Um, but they, they were fantastic. But yeah, I would have to say that that Hold Steady show, um, or that Flaming Lips show. Uh, it was before Flaming Lips became almost like this, a, like a traveling circus, and when and they were more known for actually playing <laughs> musical instruments, right? You know, you were actually there to hear songs being played um, with guitars and drums, and not a guy rolling around in a uh, big plastic ball and just, I, you know, I, I still like the it, Flaming Lips, but they, you know, you know what I mean. Um, it's and, before and Wayne was, forgot how to sing, basically. Yeah, yeah, that too, and Hum one of my favorite bands so that was a really really good show hum is great hum is what's great. your what's and then the best show you've seen there uh you know it it probably is the okay so so the hold steady show on halloween is definitely up there uh that's the that's a show that became positive rage the, the live album yeah. I saw Wilco there. It was Wilco's first ever show at the Metro. I think Tweety had done a solo set there for a fun or a few songs there for a fundraiser. Uh but it was it was during a week where they played five shows in Chicago and that was my Wilco week where I saw all all five. Um Let's see. And then this summer, uh, this summer I saw LCD Sound System there, and that was, and that was incredible. Like I was going to see them at Lala, but then they announced those shows at the Metro, and I, I couldn't not go. Yeah. I've also seen I've also seen Frank Ocean there, and that was oh, a really nice. good show. But I'm I'm really looking forward to Pitch Talks, and I'm looking forward to seeing where that will rank on my all-time list of metro events um it will and whether it will outrank the last baseball related event that i saw there which was the 
uh, every year, every year the foundation to be named later does a does a show at uh, now it's at the Metro. It used to be a House of Blues, um, but I saw Smashing Pumpkins there. Mm. But but the opener for for Smashing Pumpkins that day was like this this who's who of baseball people uh okay in doing like a jam so it was it was len casper theo epstein bob brenly peter gammons uh and then some other people i think actually there was i shouldn't say it was really a who's who because the house band portion of it were was kind of like a all-star-ish type no who are, i'm who are uh, you, who, i'm envious who, who are you who are you most excited to see, Eric, at Pitch Talks? Uh, probably Jonah. Uh, I know Rob Arthur's going to be there. Uh, I like a lot of his stuff. Yes. Uh, so that'll be good. Uh, Alex Craig Edwards will be there. Oh, yeah? So that might be a... <laughs> the the Cardinals will probably for my post today. <laughs> it might be a hostile room for him. Dane Perry isn't on the list. I was really, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of hoping Dane shows up and is in the crowd. Yeah, on this poster, the uh, the people who got their faces on the poster: Lynn Casper, Dave Cameron, Jonah Carey, Jason Bonetti, and Matt Spiegel. That is that. That will be fun. My last contribution, well, Brandon. I will be. I uh, just found out. Attending my first NFL game in your city on Monday night next week. Is that right? We have become, uh, so the longest tenured Bears scout actually lives in our town. And we've become fairly good friends with him. Uh And he is bringing me as his guest. Wow. To Monday night football next week. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Have uh, Have you ever been to Soldier Field? I've never been to an NFL game in person. Uh, and I've see, never I've, been to Soldier Field. I've I've been to three events at Soldier Field. None of them were Bears games. So it is possible to have been okay at uh, Soldier Field without it being a Bears game. I've I've been to um, Soldier Field for I've been to both old and new Soldier Field for Bears games. Um, and while I old Soldier Field was awesome in terms of just the aesthetics of how it looked. Um, especially from the outside, the exterior was fantastic. And they kind of ruined it with the way it looks now. But what, what I will say is inside, it's great. Like there's not a bad seat. I've only had bad seats at New Soldier Field. And I've never once felt like I, I had a bad seat. Which doesn't really make sense with what I just said. But the, what I mean <laughs> is the bad seats are also pretty good seats. Now the word of warning I've been given... And like I said, I've never been before. That NFL fans are awful. Or that NFL games are <laughs> not that great in person. See, I, I hear people say that, and I've always had a pretty decent time. I've had multiple people following. tell me that this yeah, week. Yeah, I hear a lot of people say that too. And maybe maybe I just have a lower threshold of, of what entertains me in terms of what I'm seeing. But I've always had a pretty decent time at NFL games in terms of following the action and, and stuff. Yeah, I've so I've only stupid. been I've only been to one NFL game in person and it was 
the year the Bears played in Champaign. Uh, so I drove down with my uncle to see the Bears play the Lions in Champaign. And I think going into it, I knew that it wasn't the true NFL experience, right? Uh, but I had a good enough time. Uh, and the Bears won. Yeah, and the Bears won. That was a game where Marty Morningweg took the wind in overtime. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and... I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then the Bears won. So yeah, there you go. But yeah, I think you'll yeah. I, I think you'll have a good time. Do you know where the seats are? I have no clue. I'm assuming they're. I mean, he's been an employee for 30 plus years at this point, so I'm assuming they're good. But I have no idea. That's that's pretty great. That's I've got a great. lot of Chicago time next week. I'm up for that. I'm up for pitch talks. I'm, I'm a regular Chicagoite. That's right. That's right. Are you is is Lafayette in the Chicago media market? I think I've asked uh, you this before. It's a it's about an hour closer to Indianapolis. Okay. So we kind of get both, but it's more indie centric. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like, do you get do you get WGN down there? Uh, I, I know I get Comcast Chicago with whatever my TV stuff is, but then I also get Fox Sports Indiana, so it's kind of a mix. So I did get to watch the no hit bid in all its glory. (laughs) Without, without being, uh, without being blacked out on TV. Correct. The reason for this emergency pod. Just kidding. Just kidding. Alex did message earlier before the no hit bid. (laughs) Almost as if he knew that something worthwhile was going to happen today. <laughs> yeah, if you want to bump the Alfredo Simon talk from the front of this, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Um, that'll, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, but it was great. It was great talking to you. As always, I'm Brandon Lee. You can find me on, uh, on Banish to the Pen. And that's Eric Roseberry. You can find Eric at Red Reporter. And that's Alex Crisofoli. You can find Alex at Viva Albertos. And you can follow us all on on Twitter. And you can find us in the Effectively Wild Facebook group from time to time. And uh, anything, any, any final things? Anything you want to plug? Either of you? I would like to... Remind people to not read my column from today. <laughs> so I'll make sure not what, to link to it. Whatever the, the opposite of a plug is, that's that's what I'm doing. Right, I'll make sure I'll make sure to tell people not to not to read that. <laughs> and then Eric, uh, Eric, uh, you were just on you were just on uh, MLB MLB Network Radio, and uh, th- does that get put up Eric. online? After, it does, uh, yeah. Show? I've seen from people. I don't subscribe to Sirius, but I've seen pe- from people that uh, do. It's on demand now. So I was on the Vince Gennaro baseball behind the numbers. I'm pretty sure is the name of the show uh, for like a 15 minute segment talking about Brian Dozier and some red stuff. And then yeah, I've got a few things at Red Reporter, as interesting as Cincinnati can be in September of the season. So. Well, fantastic. All right. Very cool. Well, been all for an NL Central show this week, and the next time we talk to you will probably be uh, after the Cubs win the division. That's all. Bye. (laughs) See you guys.